Well, good evening and welcome to Sunday Night Local. Welcome Family Church Haven't, whether you're watching this live with me right now, 8pm on Sunday evening and we find ourselves here gathering around the Word once again. The week just seems to, to fly past and uh, whether you're watching this live, as I said, or whether you're watching this a little bit later on and catching up with it, then a massive uh, welcome to you and so glad that you've chosen to be a part of this teaching this evening. Remember, Sunday Night Local is a half an hour or so gathering around the Word, so if you've got your Bible to hand, that's a useful thing to have as we're going to study God's Word together. But um, just as people tune in and uh, just waiting for some to more to jump online, then uh, let me just give a quick plug again for Stronger. I've been using this opportunity to plug it. And obviously next Wednesday or this coming Wednesday, we were going to be meeting at the Empower Centre Haven. We're not quite doing that, but we are meeting online on Zoom. And so if you've already registered for what would have been an in-person gathering, then you would have been sent the Zoom code. But maybe um, you say, actually, I didn't want to go to the Empower Centre Haven, but I can now be a part of this. We're going to still be worshipping, breaking bread together, praying. I'm still going to share a word. So register for this Wednesday and you'll get that Zoom code. And then also we're moving the uh, Wednesday the 2nd of December to Wednesday the 9th of December. Yeah, Wednesday the 9th of December. Um, and we're moving that to then. So Wednesday the 9th of December, we're hoping that we'll be able to have an in-person gathering on that night together, uh, a time in God's presence. And that's uh, two worship nights are based upon the verse in Isaiah. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And we believe in both online and in-person, it's going to be a powerful time together in God's presence. Okay, turn your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, you kind of knew we were heading there, right? We've been talking on the fruit of the Spirit for a number of weeks now. There's um, two more weeks this week and next week, and then the following Sunday we're doing a refocus night with all the congregations of Family Church coming together. But I've had so much fun um, studying God's Word as we've been preparing for these Sunday nights, and thank you for the feedback that we've been getting back uh, from these Sunday evening um, times around the Word of God. Because as I've said so many times, when you're speaking into a phone in an office, you kind of think, well, who's the other side of this? What are they receiving? So thank you for the feedback that you have been given. And uh, thank you to Mavis Tamba, who did a brilliant job speaking on gentleness uh, last week. But we've been journeying through the fruit of the Holy Spirit, talking about how God wants us to display His Spirit through our lives and these different characteristics. And remember Galatians chapter 5, Paul talks about the acts of the flesh, the things that were natural to us, the things that we didn't have to try uh, and to live in before we were saved. We would just get out of bed in the morning, live our lives, and we would display all these things that he acts, talks about as the acts of the flesh. But now that we are saved, now that we're new creations in Christ Jesus, now that we have the Holy Spirit within us, we can instead display what he terms the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we've been taking our time to go through these and talking about the fact that we can't manufacture these things. We can't just make them happen. You can't try and be more loving or try and be more patient. Well, you can, but you're not really going to succeed to the level that God wants to display this in and for your life. So it comes as we surrender, as we yield, as we say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. And when we do that, this is what we display. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23. It says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And you're starting to know this off by heart by now, even if you didn't before, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. 
And as I said, we've looked at a number of these things so far, two more to go. Remember, it's one fruit, nine different characteristics, not nine different fruits. There's one thing that the Holy Spirit is doing in and through us, but it's displayed in nine different ways. And tonight we're going to talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of a word faithfulness. What are we really talking about? The dictionary defines it this way. But it says when you're talking about a faithful person, it's a person who is loyal. It's a person who is consistent. It's a person who is reliable, a person who is true. And here's the reality that we're faced with in this world, this broken world, the sin scarred world in which we're living today. But faithfulness is in short supply. Now, I've said that about a number of things in this series, but joy and peace is in short supply in this world in which we live. And it's true as well in terms of faithfulness, that we live in an age where Proverbs chapter 20 asks this question that's really very relevant to the age that we're in, when it says, most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful person? Proverbs 20 verse 6, for those taking notes, who can find a faithful person? That's a good question that I want to grapple with tonight as we look to be the people who say, yes, we're the faithful people of God. Paul writing to Timothy says this about the last days, 2 Timothy 3, verse 2 to 4. He says this, For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others, backbiting, backstabbing. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel in their relationships. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Listen to this. They will betray their friends. We're living in an age of betrayal, of unfaithfulness. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than loving God. Kind of sounds like the society in which we're living in today. But sadly, we live in an age of betrayal. We live in an age of unfaithfulness. We're living at a time where, you know, loyalty is in short supply in the workplace. Loyalty is in short supply in the church. We're living at a time where people are disloyal. We're living at a time, <clears throat> sorry, where whole websites are dedicated to married people having affairs with other married people. It's a messed up world in which we're living in. And as we talk about faithfulness tonight, it may be that you're watching me and saying, but I've never really experienced that in my life. Maybe faithfulness is an alien concept to you, maybe because of what you were raised in, maybe because of what you've experienced in life. Maybe you were um, cheated at work. Maybe somebody was disloyal or unfaithful in a relationship with you. And because of what you've experienced in your life, you find it difficult to trust people around you. Maybe you even find it difficult to trust God for one reason or another. Maybe it's you yourself. Maybe you find it difficult to be faithful in the things around you or to the things around you, faithful in your relationships, faithful in your commitment, faithful to your word. Maybe you find difficulty with that. Maybe faithfulness isn't natural to you. But Paul says that's how it used to be. We used to be people who were characterised by unfaithfulness and disloyalty and you wouldn't be able to depend upon us because we were just living according to the ways of this world. But he says now the Spirit of God is in you and you can now display faithfulness because the God who is in you and living through you is 
faithful. Amen? Can I get an amen, even though you're not in the room with me? Just write it on the, the comments or say it in the room where you're at. Amen. God is faithful. Listen to these words. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations. And he lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and keep his commands. Lamentations 3.23, a brilliant verse. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Listen, no matter how much you may have feeling like you have failed, no matter how much you may have got it wrong, every morning when you wake up, including tomorrow morning, Monday morning, a fresh week, you wake up and you can know that you have a God that you can depend upon. He is faithful and his mercy and his goodness will follow you tomorrow morning. His mercies are fresh, just like a new sunrise. His mercies are fresh upon your life and his grace is unconditional towards you when you rise tomorrow. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13. If we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. These are brilliant verses. Why? For he cannot deny who he is. Remember, this is fundamental. We talked about this when we spoke on Sunday Night Local Series 1, when we talked about faith, that we've got to know that we can trust God because he is trustworthy. We can have faith in God because he is faithful. The future that we're in, it, it may seem uncertain right now, right? But you may think, well, are we going to be out of lockdown come December the 2nd? Are, are, am I going to be on furlough once again? What does the future look like? What does 2021 look like? A whole lot of your future may be uncertain, but you can know for certain that you will have a faithful God alongside you in it. Corrie ten Boom said this, I referenced it in our weekly email to you, Corrie ten Boom said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Our God is faithful in his character and our God is faithful to his word. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 18 to 20 says this, But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him, it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So God gives us a great example of faithfulness in that what he says, he will be true to his word. He will always accomplish his word. What about us? That's a good challenge for us tonight, isn't it? The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Are we faithful to the things that we say? When we say we're going to be somewhere and do something, uh, are we people that others say they can depend upon us because when we say we're going to do something, we will do it? Or are we maybe people who, when we say we're going to do something, people take it with a pinch of salt? They think, well, that person may do this, that person may not do this. We're not sure because they're pretty inconsistent. I want to be somebody that when I say yes, that that yes will be yes. When I say no, that no will be no. I, I, I want to be true to the words that I have said. The good news is for us as New Covenant believers that God is faithful 
to his word and within the pages of his word there are so many promises that God has made promises uh, about salvation promises about eternal life promises about freedom from fear promises about uh, overcoming anxiety promises about victory that Pastor Jeff was talking about this morning overcoming knowing the battle is the Lord's uh, promises about healing promises about provision promises about wisdom promises for young people promises for older people and Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says no matter how many promises God has made they are all yes and amen in Jesus Christ I want to encourage somebody watching tonight that maybe you were holding on to a word maybe you you you, you had that word that promise that you were standing upon but it feels like it's slipping out of your fingers I want to encourage you grab hold of it know that that promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus whatever it might be as you believe for that loved one as you believe for your child as you believe for provision as you believe for restoration whatever it is that you're believing for hold on to that promise because his promise is yes and amen God is not a man that he would lie he is faithful to his word he watches over his word to perform it he is faithful and we can stand upon his word now stick with me for a moment because if God is faithful and his spirit is now in me and his spirit is now in you we too should be faithful Again, not by trying harder or oh, I'm going to be really faithful. I'm going to be in November, this lockdown month. I'm going to be faithful. Not, not by trying harder, but by surrendering to his life that is now within us. Now, here's the great news that as we are faithful, even if it's not natural to you, even if you've never experienced it much in your life, as we are faithful because of God that is within us is faithful, here's what happens. God will increase our lives and the lives of others. You, you see in the word, this is across every area of our life, that faithfulness brings increase. Faithfulness brings abundance and health to us and the relationships that we're involved in in every area of our life. If you've got a Bible with you, turn it to Matthew chapter 25. And I want to encourage you to, to turn there, even if you haven't flicked through the different verses as I've thrown them at you tonight. Turn to Matthew chapter 25, because rather than just reference in these words I want us to read them through um, together so Matthew chapter 25 we're going to be in a minute reading from verse 14 Matthew of course is the first book in the New Testament the first gospel and uh, we're going to read together a parable that Jesus told Jesus was the master story of a teller uh, an incredible communicator and he makes this point about faithfulness listen to what he says again the kingdom of heaven and Matthew he's teaching on a whole load of series of of uh, parables that talk about what the kingdom of heaven is like and here again he says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone he gave five bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last dividing it in proportion according to their abilities he then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and, and called them to give an account for how they had used his money. 
The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of, of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together the same thing that he said uh, to the guy with five. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you did not plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and you lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops that I didn't plant and gathered crops that I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. Now, if you are somebody who doesn't mind writing in your Bible, making notes, I'd encourage you, underline that verse, however it's phrased in the, the paraphrase of the translation that you're reading. It says, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Luke 16 verse 10 says, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large things. But if you are dishonest in little things, you, will be, uh, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So the Bible teaches us here that the person who is faithful will be given more. Faithfulness brings increase. Faithfulness brings an abundance in your life. So we've talked about the fact that God has called us to be faithful, that he is faithful, that faithfulness brings an increase. Okay, let's look for a moment at where and how God calls us to be faithful. Now, the first thing I want to point out is that God calls us to be faithful to him and the things that he's entrusted us to do. God has gifted each and every single one of us. And I want to encourage you, don't, don't fall into the comparison trap of looking and saying, oh, I'm not as gifted as this person, or I'm not as gifted as that person. God has uniquely designed and, and gifted us in an individual way. What you can do, I probably can't do. What I can do, you probably can't do. We're gifted in different ways according to the abilities that God has given to us. Now the question is, what are we doing with the gifts that God has given to us? Remember what we just read a moment ago, the guy buried it in the ground. My question to you is, the gift that God has placed upon your life, are you using it or are you squandering it? Are you using it and investing it or are you squandering it and burying it in the ground? We've got to be faithful with the giftings that God has placed upon our lives. And as we are faithful, the Bible shows us that this, this formula, that as we are faithful with little, God will increase. You can talk with many people and they may have a dream of being here, but unless they are faithful with what God has placed in their hands here, they'll never arrive where they desire to be. And maybe you're watching and you want to be, um, I don't know, an evangelist. 
You say, I want to preach to many people and see many souls saved. The question is, what are you being faithful with what God has placed in your hand right now? Are you sharing the gospel of grace with those who are in your, your friendship circles, in your neighborhood, with the people right in front of you at work? Or are you waiting until one day when you can preach to many people? You may um, have dreams of God using you in a healing ministry. The question I've got for you is, well, do you pray for those people in your family when they've got a headache? Or are you waiting until you can stand there and pray for people who are suffering with cancer? He who is faithful with little will be entrusted with more. Many people, you, you may have dreams of doing something in the business world. Well, are you being faithful with where God has placed you right now, with a workplace that he has you in right now? You, you see this over and over again. He who is faithful with a little, the Bible says, will be faithful with more. Faithfulness brings increase. Now this is true of us not just individually but also true of us as the body of Christ in heaven, as the church of Jesus Christ and represented as family church heaven. And I believe and I want you to know that as your pastor no pandemic has lessened the tone on this, no pandemic has caused me to dream any less. I believe that in a different way and, and, and God can use anything. I'm believing that there's a huge future out there ahead of us. I believe that God is going to increase everything that we are in family church happen. But, but to get to that place where we're seeing increase, where we're seeing God add to our number daily those who are being saved, as we know we will, then it's about what we're doing with what God has placed in our hands right now. What are we doing with what God has given to us? You know, I was challenged recently with a great thought that somebody shared that was based upon 1 Peter chapter 2. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter talks about how we're all living stones. And as individual living stones, we're put together to build this this glorious building and Janice Russell um, last year when we were in one of our Monday night prayer meetings had a great picture on this uh, and a word from God to encourage us about being individual stones but but this person a couple of weeks ago was communicating on something that I was watching and they asked this question that if each stone in the church looked like you then what kind of building would we be left with that's a great challenge isn't it here's my question to you tonight here's my my challenge to you if everybody in our church was as faithful as you are then what kind of church would we have that's a question I have to ask myself that's a question I'd encourage you to ask yourself it's a good challenge and I don't know whether that leaves you in a positive or a negative thought of what that would look like but it's a good challenge for us to be thinking about God calls us to be faithful with our gifts he calls us to be faithful as a church, he calls us to be faithful as well in the area of our finances. Again, God entrusts us with something and asks that we would be faithful to him in that area of our lives. I, I talk with people and very often they would say, well, well, when I have such and such, then I'm going to do this for God. Uh, and they're waiting to be blessed in order to be a blessing. But the question is, what are we doing with what's in our hand right now? That's why when it comes to giving or tithing, we've got to have a biblical revelation of this. That for me and Pastor Kirsty, when we give and when we tithe, that that's not 
the end of the story. We, we don't feel like we're losing something because actually when it comes to tithing, we're just returning the tithe. We're returning what actually belongs to him in the first place. That's, that's what the tithe is all about. And he allows us to steward the 90% that remains with us in, in whatever way we wish. But as we are faithful, what we're doing is we're responding with faith. Hebrews chapter 11 says it's impossible to please God without faith. As we choose to trust God and put faith in how we handle our finances, then we can be guaranteed that we will be able to be a blessing to others. For you can stand firm in this time of economic chaos all around us in the world in which we're living and say, no, no, I know that we will be sure. I know we have a providence of God upon our life because we are faithful with what he has placed in our hand right now. This principle is also true relationally. God is calling us to be faithful in our relationships. Maybe you're watching this and, and you're married and you would say, do you know what? Right now, our, our marriage is not in a good place. We've got a one-star marriage. We want to take it somewhere far better because right now we're not sure that we're going to survive beyond the end of this year. Or maybe you say, do you know what? We're married, but we've been married for years, but we're just kind of drifting along. There's no God life within the context of this marriage. Here's my encouragement to you. that If we're to take our marriages from here to there, if this is relevant for you tonight, that then we've got to be people who are faithful in what we speak to one another faithful with our, uh, our encouragement, faithful in the words that we speak, faithful in, in our affirmation, faithful obviously not looking outside of our marriage for something that would be kept or should be kept within the context of your marriage, faithful in the attention that we give to one another, faithful in the prayers that we're praying for each other. It's also true in our friendships. Proverbs chapter 17 verse 17 says, a dear friend will love no matter what. And family sticks together through all kinds of trouble. We're called to be faithful in our friendships. And as you're faithful in your friendships, do you know what? God will take those to be the most vital relationships in your life. But he'll also bring in just great people in your world who will encourage you, support you. As you're faithful with what you have right now, God will bring increase. This is also true in the workplace. Now, some people may not like this one. Oh, I was all right with the church one, but, but not the workplace. Leave my workplace alone. Uh, it's the weekend. I don't want to think about work. Maybe you're not enjoying where you're, at, right, where you're at right now. But listen, God sees your faithfulness where you are right now. God sees your spirit of excellence where you are right now. And he will respond to that. Listen to these verses. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 to 7. I want to read this from a message paraphrase it says servants respectfully obey your earthly masters now obviously paul's writing at a time where there's servants and masters but you could translate that to say employees respectfully obey your employers but always with an eye to obeying the real master christ don't just do what you have to do to get by but work heartily as christ's servants doing what god wants you to do listen to this bit and work with a smile on your face. Think about that tomorrow morning as you're heading into work. Work with a smile on your face. Always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be given the orders, you're really serving your God. Good work will get you good pay from your master, regardless of whether you are slave or free. Faithfulness brings increase. Faithfulness displays God's character and gives him glory. Listen, in a time in a society where the question of Proverbs chapter 20 is being asked by all those around us, who can find a faithful person? Let's be the people 
who respond and say, that's us. We, the church, are full of faithful people because we're living out of the God that is now within us. Here's my challenge to you tonight. Where do you need to be more faithful? Which area of your life, with which gifting that God has placed upon your life, do you need to be more faithful? And here's the thing, if we all got this, if we allowed God to be displayed through our lives in the way that we were faithful, so many areas of our lives would be different. Relationships would be stronger for it. Our faith walk, our journeys with God would, would go to a deeper level because of it. Workplaces would be better. Church would be better. We'll begin to see j- just changes in every area of who we are. Because the God who is now in us is faithful. You know, even when we're unfaithful, God remains faithful. I want to encourage you, maybe you're in a time where you feel like the last couple of months, the last year, you've drifted away from God. You feel like you've been unfaithful and disloyal. You haven't been in the word. You haven't been praying. You've grown lukewarm to the things of God. Maybe you're still tuning in online, but you still feel uh, just apathetic in your heart towards God. Listen, even when we're unfaithful, he remains faithful. You know, uh, a great book to read and I'd encourage you to, to read this. Here's a bit of homework and you say, oh, more homework on Sunday Night Local. Yes, here's your homework and uh, I encourage you in the next seven days, take time to read the book of Hosea. It's it's a great book. It's uh, I think it's 13, 14, 14 chapters. So there you go, two chapters a day. They're not big chapters and you can take time to read through it because you'll see something about God's amazing faithfulness within those pages. That it, it talks, and you can read it yourself, but it talks at the beginning about God asking Hosea to go and marry a prostitute. And that can sound kind of strange. What on earth is that all about? But as you follow the storyline, you see that this is a, a representation of God's awesome grace and his faithfulness towards our life. And in chapter three, he has to go, Hosea, to go and buy back his wife, Goma. And in this moment, Hosea represents God Goma represents the nation of Israel and us as Gentiles, all of us who have gone our own way. And he goes and he buys her back. He pays for what was already his. This great picture of God's faithfulness and goodness and his grace towards us. You see, all of us are like Goma. All of us have gone and done our own thing. We've all been unfaithful. We've all wandered astray. Isaiah uh, chapter 53 verse 6 says this, Like wayward sheep, we have all wandered astray. Each of us has turned from God's paths and chosen our own way. We've all been unfaithful. But here's the good news of the gospel. Our God is faithful. And 2,000 years ago, just like Hosea went and brought back that which was his. 2,000 years ago, God sent his son. This is the beauty of the gospel. And his son, with his blood, he purchased back what was already his. He paid the redemption price upon my life and upon your life. Because even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20. Listen to me as I say this. You... You watching this tonight, you who, who may be feeling condemned, you who may be feeling lost, you who may be feeling fearful, you were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. 
Because even when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is faithfulness. Let me pray for you tonight. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for time spent in your word. And God, just as I minister through this communication, through the telephone, through YouTube tonight, God, I just, Holy Spirit, just feel your presence touching people's lives. That where people have felt broken, where people have felt like they were wandering, where people felt faithless, Father, I thank you that you are proving yourself faithful to them tonight. May they be assured of your love and your grace and your strength in their lives. Father, as we experience your faithfulness, may we be demonstrators of that faithfulness to others. Father, I thank you that in a time when people are asking the question, who can find a faithful person, that we as your church would be salt and light in this broken world. We would be demonstrators of your faithfulness to such a degree that people will see our lives and they will praise you in heaven. Father, I thank you that as we are faithful with what's in our hand today, you will see to it that our lives are increased, that we live a life of abundance that your son purchased for us. Father, thank you that you purchased us back to yourself. Father, thank you that you didn't leave us wandering astray, but you came in the person of your son, Jesus Christ, and he died for us and we have been welcomed home. You have paid the purchase price upon my life and upon every single person watching tonight. We just pray blessing upon every household watching this this evening, that they would have an awesome week full of, of divine appointments and full of your favour. Amen. Amen. Hey, I pray that that's blessed you tonight and uh, come back next week. We wrap up this series with a teaching on self-control. I'm excited already, been preparing for that for next week and uh, just have a great week. God bless you all.